and welcome to Hell Ain't Complicated, a supernatural fan cast. Uh, I'm Claire, and with me is my friend Bo. Hey, it's me again. And uh, you're watching Buffy, which is very exciting for me. Yes, yes, I know you are super um, into Buffy. You've been trying to get me to watch it for a while. My roommate and my roommate's mother, because she had to text her mom as soon as he started <laughs> watching, are all very excited for me to watch me experience Buffy for the first time. Um, I'm only two episodes in because that I could only handle two episodes at first. It's it's really cool, though. I do really like it. It's just, damn, the dialogue can <laughs> be woof. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very dated show. You know, you kind of have to comment with it like Joss Whedon sucks. <laughs> the show is maybe a little bit overrated. You're, you just have to be here for a good time, you know? I mean, I have watched one, two, three, four, five or six different Star Trek series from beginning <laughs> to end. I can get through it. I can handle crappy dialogue and, like, <laughs> weird <laughs> effects. I Like, that's fine. I, I'll make it through. You got to keep that in mind when you watch, like, shows like that that are, like, corny and a little dated. You're here for a good yeah. time. <laughs> I know, I just, me and my dad uh, are just starting season three of the original Star Trek series. <gasps> I'm so excited. You got to tell me yeah. what you think when you're when you're finished with everything. I will. <laughs> We're going to be doing a recap of episodes 10 through 12 today, right? Yeah, that's a good batch of episodes, actually. It is, it actually is. I, I think probably um, 11 was my favorite, though. I have strong feelings about 11. 12, I'm going to go fucking insane. Oh my god, what an absolute banger of an episode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but let's go through some supernatural news. And we got to go through them fast because my Tumblr app is about to expire. <laughs> you know, like when you set a timer for it, mine has one minute, so I got to go fast. Okay, supernatural news. Jensen Ackles won the Critic Critics' Choice Super Award for Best Actor in Horror Series. That's a lot of words. Good for him. We stand. Uh, Netflix, the Spanish dub, uh, Dean says yo a tea, but the subtitles say something different, which means don't do this. Very stupid. I don't know, whatever. Covered this <laughs> last week. <laughs> Dean Benny is canon. Cool. Ty Olson fucking sucks, I think. Still a little bit complicated. You know what? I'm just going to say he sucks. Who cares? Misha, Performer of the Year for Reader's Choice Performer of the Year Award. Hell yeah. Oh, I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah. Jim Michaels deleted tweets about being critical of Destiel. Fuck, I'm out of time. <laughs> why, why do you have a timer on your app? Because I spend way too much time on the internet, especially Tumblr. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, that's all the news we're going to get. I guess they're going to have to wait for the rest of the news for next week. <laughs> yeah, I think there was one more thing, but like, who, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs> there wasn't anything like insane that happened. Not like what we're used to at this point. Destel didn't go canon for a 16th time, but, you know, <laughs> some things happened, basically. Well, speak of the devil, and the devil shall appear, because Destel has gone canon once again. DJ Qualls answered a fan question on an app called Cameo, where he said that Dean and Garth have a platonic relationship, but he suggests that Dean and another character, quote-unquote, have a more romantic uh subtext so we just keep on winning huh 
Okay, so while I had I had your notes pulled up while I was watching it, and Emma, who was sitting across the on the other side of the living room from me, she's like, "Holy mm. shit, I can see Hoodie Dean from here because <laughs> you had it in point like size forty seven font in the document." <laughs> <laughs> I love to see characters comfortable wearing clothes that I would wear. I love that shit so much. I just I also love the the note um wearing that hoodie is the closest that I'll get to being able to hug him or something <laughs> like that. You went like a little feral seeing him in a hoodie even though like he was like so pale and like about to kill like he looked like he was about to die but you were he focused on that hoodie. He looks very adorable. He never wears hoodies. Like okay I watched it with um, Meg, who is on the second episode of this podcast, and we were talking about uh, their clothes, and I was just like, it's just, it's hoodies, it's so cute, <laughs> and face had that, well, he always wears uh, flannel and shit, and I'm like, yes, but this is, this is different, and Faye was like, the flannel is armor, this is just soft. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right, we should, <laughs> oh my god, we need to get through the other two episodes first. Just, oh my god, I'm gonna have so many feelings about Faith. Oh my lord. So, episode 10, Asylum. <sighs> November 22nd, 2005. Written by Richard Haddam, directed by Guy B. Synopses provided by Claudio Carvajalo from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I fucking love them so much, they do really good synopses. In Rockford, Illinois, while investigating possible trespassers in the south wing of the Roosevelt Hospital, two policemen find a group of teenagers drinking in the place. One of the policemen is driven insane and kills his wife. Normal shit. And then commits suicide com immediately after. You know, that that's just... That's every episode of a murder podcast. Anyway, that's not important. Dean receives a message in his cellular... <laughs> Dean receives a message on his cellular... They wrote cellular. That's so sweet. With the coordinates of the asylum and drives with Sam to the place. Brothers disclose that the patients rioted against the director, Dr. Elcott, who conducted painful and cruel experiments with the patients and his body was never found. Further, that there is a local legend that any person that spends the night in the asylum, the spirits drive them crazy. <laughs> Together with Kat and Gavin, a young couple that is trapped in the asylum, Dean and Sam spend the night in the cellar of the South Wing, trying to find the hidden body of Dr. Elcott to burn it and destroy the fiend. This is, like, a supernatural episode. Like, yeah. this is the standard, you know? Yeah. This is exactly what you expect from Supernatural. Yeah, they do some subversion of the ghosts, but, like, it still kind of draws yeah. on... Um, you know, your your basic, okay, there's this creepy place that has ghosts in it and Yeah. Like I said, like the first mental asylum they went to in the series was like a modern one where they actually help people and it's co like colorful mm -hmm. and brightly lit and it's very nice. And they weren't there for horror purposes. They were just there to interview yeah. someone. And it was like the series kind of say like, we're not like other horror. We <laughs> don't stigmatize mental illness. And then Asylum comes around. It's like, actually, let's do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Though, fortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't the patients that were like attacking. The problem was the, yeah. um, the doctor. Uh, as, as stated in the synopsis, basically what he was doing was he was um, doing experiments to try to 
cure, whatever, some of the patients who had anger issues yeah. and all it did was exacerbate the anger until they became homicidal. Yeah, it did like electroshock and lobotomies, which mm. we pretty much all know is not great today. Yeah. Apparently, the um, the police officer at the beginning, because like, cause what, what happened is he came home and his wife's like, oh, come on, you're still not talking to me? I said I was sorry. Like, basically, they had an argument before he had left. She had thought that they were on their way to make up, but he was apparently still so angry. And the fact that the ghost had possessed him, once you figure out what Dr. Ellicott was doing, you're like, oh, it was taking the people that you had anger towards and making you try to kill them. And so yeah. he killed her and then himself and then um they go th there to you know investigate yeah well okay so they actually get a call from their dad they get a call from john piece of shit winchester hooray with his ugly ass turf bangs oh wait no that's <laughs> no 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 they got a call at the end of this episode that they got um oh it was okay i think they got like a text with coordinates and um, Dean was just like, okay, we got a text with coordinates. Dad used to give us coordinates all the time. We got to go. And Sam's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, should we go fucking find him? The thing about their dad texting him is that John just sent them two numbers for coordinates. And the brothers are like, okay, dad wants us to work a job. And maybe he'll be there. But what if he's not there? Maybe he's sending us there to throw us off. But what if there's a clue about where he is? But maybe the clue will, will tell us to, like, stop following him. But what if that's what he expects us to think and he wants us to actually follow him? But what if... And, like, you could hear them just going in circles, like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, the mind-fucking games this guy was playing with his kids all the time. You know, John was just like, ah, I'm busy. I can't do this case. Uh, boys, you go do it. And they're just like, what does it mean? I think it was half that and half also, this will keep them preoccupied while yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. Like, I'm busy with this shit. Uh, I trust them because I train them. And also, it'll get them off my ass. So I'm going to tell them to go there. And yeah, it's just like, God, like, you can see just based off of, like you said, them going in circles, the kind of fucking mind games this dude would play with them. I know, Not right? ever telling them anything. It's so fucking, like, I'm really gonna go off on John Winchester in the next, about the next episode, but this fucking bastard. I hate him so much. Bastard. Okay, anyway, the brothers try and, like, talk to the cops. Mm -hmm. and, like, yeah, like, I joked earlier that Dean says ACAB, but he actually fucking really does. We've seen him interact with multiple cops at this point, and every single time Dean is like, I fucking hate cops. Like, he literally, like, shoves this cop around. Or he's just, like, annoying this cop really bad. And Sam comes <laughs> over. He's like, hey, buddy, you gotta be nice to the force. I really respect your work, man. Let me mm -hmm. buy you a brewski. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, just Sam is always just like, yeah, cops are fine. And Dean's like, fuck cops. Yeah, this was a really good sibling episode because you really got to see their dynamic. And like, you can oh, yeah. see things like this where they, they obviously had it set up as Dean the antagonizer. He's coming over there. He's being nosy. He's pissing the, the dude off. And then mm. Sam swoops in like, oh, we need to respect our troops kind of deal, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like they, they play that so well together. And then, like, back outside after Sam gets the information he needs, Dean's like, did you have to shove me that hard? He's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a really cute scene in this episode where um they're kind of walking around the hospital and Dean just turned <laughs> Dean is like walking around he's like hey Sam who do you think is a hotter psychic Patricia Arquette Jennifer Love Hewitt or you and Sam just like slaps him on the shoulder but in a, the most sibling way possible it was so precious <laughs> yeah that's honestly that's what my sister does to me every time i say something stupid yeah <laughs> like, or if i'm close enough she'll just like you know cuff me in the back of my head like yeah <laughs> just like shut the fuck up i'm not dignifying that with an answer <laughs> yeah like it was oh my god it was so perfect like all three of the episodes we're capping are honestly very good sibling episodes. And in, like, wildly different degrees. Like, this yeah. one's just, like, normal sibling shit. Next one is they have a fight. And then the third one is, oh, boy, Sam is just, like, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, my God. I have so many feelings about it. But back to Asylum. Yeah. Um. So pisses the cop off. Sam swoops in. They are a little bitchy to each other because, you know, that's what siblings do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a headless baby doll yeah. on a gurney next to some preserved organs. I was like, who brought this baby doll in here? Why did they just... I, like, specifically Googled the set designer's name because, um, hey... Set designer George Newman, I want to fucking talk. What were you thinking when you put that baby there? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh my god. There are some other things that I wanted to talk about because, like, there was a yeah. lot within that, like, five minutes of them just, you know, fucking around with each other while they were um, walking through the asylum. And, like, mm. he says the uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt thing, but he then also it's just like. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said about the um, <clears throat> the visions, but he's like, oh, oh, he says, I I'm not a psychic. They're just visions. He's like, oh, don't ask, don't tell. And I'm like, why are you just, they're really going hard on the like queer coding of Sam in season one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, they're going really hard on the macho of Dean, like, bro. Like, yeah. I don't remember when he said it, but it was one of the earlier seasons. Like, oh, you do act kind of butch. Maybe they think you're overcomp. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you like super are, bro. Like maybe chill a little bit. We we know you're like we know you're a macho man, dude. That's like maybe like calm down for two seconds, Dean. Yeah, I kind of realized something in the next episode. The scarecrow got like. We're, listen, like this episode is just the most standard supernatural episode you can imagine. So of course we're going to talk about the two other episodes, which are very interesting. And in the other episode, Dean is like talking to two normies essentially and they are just like weirded up by his presence they're like why is this guy talking to us and dean is trying to be like you guys should get out of town i'm a pretty good mechanic i can help you out i can i'll fix your car for free don't worry about it. i just want you guys to be safe mm -hmm. and they're like um don't talk to us weird and it's just like it's he's like yeah sam would have just Flash just puppy dog eyes at you. And I'm just like, why is it that Dean is actually good at talking to people and not sounding like a creep? But yeah. Sam isn't? Because like we talked about last time, Sam was just like, oh, what are the police saying? Like, he's bad at it. Yeah, it's played like he's good at it. Yeah. Like, okay. So in Asylum, he goes to a therapist's office. I literally like was screaming. I was like, Sam is in a therapist's office? Oh my. All he does is he sits down and he, in the most suspicious way possible, keeps trying to like, hey, tell me about your dad who worked at the asylum. And I'm like, you sound so suspicious. Thankfully, the, the therapist yeah. was like, you're just deflecting and you need to tell me about 
yourself. But it's also like, no, it yeah. doesn't sound like he's deflecting at all. He sounds like he's grilling you. Why do these people just, they, no one suspects <laughs> Sam has any ulterior motives ever when they really should? He's so suspicious. Sam was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, local historian and I'm just really interested in this specific piece. It's like, bro, it's a therapist. You can literally just say, hey, I broke into that hospital and I, I recognize that name. Can can you tell me a little bit, please? Because I can promise you therapists have heard weirder. I tell my therapist the weirdest shit and she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. As long as they're not hurting anyone, you're fucking good, Sam. Granted, Sam wouldn't know that. Of course he's never been to a therapist before. God damn. It was 2005 and he's a Winchester. Of course he's never been to, but yeah. <laughs> but like, honestly, if he had done that, the therapist probably wouldn't have been, he probably still would have been like, you're deflecting, but it would have been a lot less suspicious. Yeah. Dean comes off as genuinely charming, but he was getting pushy yeah. with them. So I understand why they were like weirded out, but like, they shouldn't have been weirded out just from the start because he's good at kind of, acting normal but when he gets pushy he gets real pushy and you're like whoa dude you're freaking me out yeah exactly and that's where i think like they they did play that well because sam does know when to back off but he also is suspicious from jump yeah, when dean's just, not <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just interesting that the writers don't realize how charismatic and lovable dean is like everybody on earth falls in love with Dean in a heartbeat. Sam is kind of a weird little outsider, even though right now he is not remotely an outsider. Yeah, it's it's very strange because, like, Sam is supposed to be the, like, out of his own skin, doesn't belong, but he's the one who's normal. The best thing about episode 10 was really the, like, sibling dynamics. Nothing else yeah. really stood out a ton. Um, I just, I really love the quips that the two of them had. Yeah, there was one part where they're, oh my god, this was, they were walking around the hospital, and they had like, they had a uh, uh, camera, and Sam was like, man, this place is orbing like crazy, you know, like, ghost hunters in yeah. real life, I've never seen them look for orbs in Supernatural, I completely blocked this from my memory, I did not remember it at all, so it's so funny that they use orbs to gauge ghost hunting shit, oh my god, that was so quaint to me. I know that that's what, like, ghost yeah. hunters say, but orbing, like, it just makes me think of both orbits and also, like, a weird, like, new dance craze. Like, yeah, it makes me think of that, like, um, rave dance with the balls on, like, strings and you, like, spin, <laughs> they're, like, light up balls and you spin them around and shit. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, so I don't know what to tell you to YouTube to see what <laughs> Anyway... The, kind of the highlight from the uh, writer's point of view was these two characters. So basically there is this couple stuck in the asylum with them, Kat and Gavin. And Gavin is like the classic, oh my god, we need to get out of here. Oh, there's ghosts everywhere. We're going to die here. Like basically Little playing the girl in horror, which is like oh. bullshit because women always know what to do when it comes to horror on God. Yeah. I will live by that. It's usually not cis men who are super into the paranormal and fucking catholic people fucking <laughs> people who were in catholic school if you're ever like unsure of what to do with a ghost find a fucking catholic person on god they will know what to do catholic school is just training for um for being a hunter oh my god that sounds oh amazing my god, oh my now god. i just want a story where it's just a bunch of like 
Catholic like schoolgirls who were just like, listen, this place is haunted as fuck. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I was in first grade, me and this girl, Kimberly, I I doubt that's what her name is, but I feel like it's Kimberly. We're both Catholic girls, so of course we're obsessed with ghosts and the supernatural. And so we were going down the stairs and there was like, oh God, it was clearly paint. It was clearly red paint, but we were like, oh my God, blood stains. Something happened here. And like a bunch of people were gathered around us when we like walked down the stairs because I think like the school had kind of like built a mythology around this basement and everyone's like people are murdered down there i think maybe and we were like we're gonna investigate it and we like tried to break into the basement of our school before rhesus was up and yeah we were fully just like we're gonna get to the bottom of this we're gonna crack this case yada 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 i told my that story to my mom years later and she was like oh yeah i used to uh make out with boys in that basement all the time oh my god (laughs) both of you had very different experiences with that basement and i love it for both of you oh my god i always love that so much so okay sam goes to therapy for once in his life okay so kat and gavin gavin is the standard horror woman who's terrified of everything which is fake as fuck and kat is the writers thought they were being really clever by ha- having the girl be like, I know what to do to fight these ghosts, which is like so unrealistic is basically what I'm saying. But yeah. Kat was like, yeah, I know how to use a shotgun. Um, Yeah, I, I'll listen to this ghost and I'm not scared of it. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And apparently, this is a little bit of trivia early, but uh, this is a quote. Kat's feisty attitude made her a fandom favorite with Future Fix featuring her becoming a hunter. This view was supported by the appearance on the Hunter's blog, a real website that... It, no, wait, it's on the DVD extras. It didn't have any content, and it's not confirmed that that is her, but mm-hmm. likely. And we're going to get to this, but yes, I do think she was a hunter, but I think the girl in the next episode was 100% a hunter. She oh, deserved absolutely. to be a fucking hunter. If, yeah, if she was not a hunter, I'm going to riot. Like, we just need to write our own, like, AUs where all of these all these young girls become hunters. And they do it better than Dean and Sam do. I have no doubt in my mind. Genuinely, unironically, they absolutely would have killed... God, I wish... I really wish that spinoff with the women wasn't, like, got off the ground. It should have. We all wanted it. I can't believe it's not a thing. I'm so mad about it. It would have been so much better because they would have had an opportunity to start over fresh with a monster of the week kind of deal and not have the stakes so fucking high all the time because the high stakes shit is happening with the Winchesters. Yeah. They could have focused on other stuff. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, just, oh my god, I'm just so interested in the lives of hunters that aren't Sam and Dean. (laughs) I'm a little bit tired of their exhausting cyclical life. Yeah, at this point, yeah, just, oh my god. Um, What else about this episode? So basically, the brothers... I really liked... Yeah. What were you saying? What were the brothers doing? One second. (laughs) Sorry, I'm drinking something. Um... So basically the brothers, they find, they realize that the uh, patients in this hospital were coerced by Dr. Elcott and they are like, they got to find Dr. Elcott's body, yada, yada, yada. So Dr. Elcott takes over to Sam's body and Sam points a fucking gun at Dean. And I think Dean actually handed him the gun. Yeah, He's like, go ahead, fucking pull the trigger. And Sam does. Yep. And he's like, what? You really thought I was going to give you a loaded gun? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, to be fair, 
It's supposed to show you just what this ghost does to people, no matter how much you love them. If you're angry with them, the ghost will get you to kill him. And yeah. Yeah, and, like, it, it was super, super fucked up. Because, like, he, like, first hits him with the rock solid. He's like, well, shit, that hurts. Uh, you better, you might as well use this. It'll actually kill me quicker and it'll hurt less. Yeah. I was like, shit, Dean. Good God. What the fuck, bro? Also, like, when did he get the opportunity to unload the gun? Did he just never load it in the first place? Why do you carry an unloaded gun around? He's a little bit stealthy sometimes when he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. Dean Dean is actually really resourceful and really smart. And I know we talked about it last time and yeah. I know we're going to talk about it again, but I just, it makes me so happy because like they kind of really, really reduce his character to like emotional problems and yeah. the like character of his, you know, goofy and or uh, food loving women seducing ways later. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I really love the earlier seasons where he he got to be the monster hunter. Like, he, he's incredibly resourceful. He knows his shit. And, yeah, he unloads a lot of the research off onto Sam. But he also has the experience to, like, in the next episode, he, he calls Sam up, after, like, after he's figured out what it is. No research. He's like, mm-hmm. it's a pagan god because of all of these things. Like you and Chell talked about in your horror episode, not the last one, but the one that you and she did beforehand, like the first episode yeah. that you you were on. Dean doesn't really fit the horror genre. From what I've gathered, the horror is in like the helplessness of things. Mm. Dean is not helpless. He knows what he's doing. Like my understanding is most of the time is if there is a character like Dean, they get killed off quickly or before the narrative starts because they can't really exist because then they would come out like all triumphant and shit, you know? Yeah, I think it's because like in horror, you see the monster and the person is like, oh no, shit, ah! But Dan is like, ah, fuck. See? All right. Exactly. So it's both his competency, but also his personality because he brings levity and he also is like, not this shit again. Like it's all old hat to him. And so that's why he can have all this like witty banter because the kind of comic relief kind of funny characters in horror generally generally are also terrified out of their fucking minds and don't Mm. know what to do he is both competent and he's self-assured and funny with it and that's i think that's really where the difference between sam and dean sam is supposed to be the one who's he he knows what he's doing obviously but (laughs) he he's the straight man you know he's not out there cracking jokes while facing down like vampires and demons and shit you know yeah, like I'm trying to kind of think of what genre Dean is. He's an action not- hero. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, He's like a quirky, fun action hero in the middle of like a super serious like horror. It's not necessarily that he doesn't quite belong because there are other like horror things that have similar characters to him, but they're also not horror in the typical sense of like a scary yeah. movie. Because he's the one who's, he's not supposed to exist here. He's supposed to die and leave the people who don't know what they're doing to their own devices, you know? But he actually knows what the fuck he's doing. So it, it's just, it's just a cool character. <laughs> Speaking of Josh Sweden, familiar. Uh, he made a movie called Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. I really like it a lot. And 
essentially all the main characters in it are like the archetype mm-hmm. essentially like there is the virgin there's a stoner comedy comedy relief there is like the big brawny dude and his girlfriend his like slutty girlfriend essentially um yada 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 and it turns out in the story that that those archetypes are sacrifices to these old gods to keep them from like taking over the world and the stoner actually figures that out mm-hmm. against all odds like the other characters all die as they're ordained to but uh the virgin character survives even though she's not a virgin and the stoner character who should have died much earlier survives and it's interesting that dean kind of reminds me of him like they're there isn't much the state that's similar about them, but they're both smart in their own ways that mm-hmm. aren't like, you know, college educated smart. They both figure shit out. They're both being very pragmatic about everything and just mm-hmm. trying to survive, essentially. And it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of that character while also thinking about Dean. And that movie, the whole point of that movie is being recursive or whatever fancy word you want to say. I just really love how competent and resourceful he is. Um, there's actually a point where um, Kat and Sam, who have the conversation, and she's asking him, how do you guys even know about this? Why are you guys doing this? He's like, well, it's it's our job. It's what we do. And Kat just automatically <laughs> assumes that Dean is his boss. Like, like, this is like a real actual like working relationship. And he just, in the most bitchy way, is like, no. It's very funny. I just love the way that he said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Let me do some trivia, and then we'll move on to the ep- next episode. There isn't really much trivia, because this is the most standard Supernatural episode you can imagine. <laughs> um, but when Sam is in the therapist's office, he is reading a copy of Men's Health magazine, and the camera does, like, a weird <laughs> pan to the magazine, and that's because... That issue of the magazine features an interview with Jared Padalecki. Our boy! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll find it later. This is the first time that Iron is established as a spirit deterrent. Love that. And this episode establishes that Sam and Dean have been hunting together for six months. It's already been six months. Wow. Oh, boy. And they're already like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about our dynamic because episode 11, Scarecrow... They go through some shit. Oh, and the... Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot. Episode Asylum ends with the phone ringing and Sam picks it up Mm -hmm. and he's like, hello, who's this? And then he sits up in bed. He's like, dad? (laughs) And so (laughs) episode 11, Scarecrow, January 10th, 2006, written by John Shiban and Patrick Sean Smith, directed by Kim Manners. While in a motel, Sam and Dean receive a call from their father, asking them to give up trying to find him and to take note of the names of three young couples that have disappeared in Indiana along the last three years, always in the second week of April. Sam decides to go after his father in California and leaves Dean, who arrives in the small town of Burkittsville, for investigation of the missing couples. Sam meets the drifter Meg, (laughs) who is also hitchhiking to California on the road, and stays with her waiting for a bus in the bus station. Dean discloses that a pagan god is demanding sacrifices and a fertility ritual in the annual cycle of killings with the support of the locals and a creepy scarecrow. When Dean and a local girl are offered to the scarecrow, Sam returns to help them. Hooray! Hooray! Sam swooping in! First thing I gotta say this episode, everyone has so many layers of clothes on, even the girls 
Fucking Meg had like three layers of clothes on. Thank God. That's all I want. Everybody has so many layers. Everyone's wrapped up like onions. Thank God. There's a shot of like the scarecrow stand after he's like chasing the couple and kills them. Yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But the fucking shot of the scarecrow stand. I love that shot. Oh my God. I love it when Supernatural has good cinematography. Like I really good. Yeah, I, like, took a screenshot. I was like, oh, this kicks ass. Oh, my God. The topography. For fucking real. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes Supernatural is good. Like, the the first couple of seasons, I've talked about it before, I love the colors. Everything's so bright. It, like, I love looking at it. It, like, it it looks dated, but it looks good. Like, this shot looked like... It looked like it was from over the garden wall, like genuinely. It was really amazing. You're gonna have to send me that specific screenshot. Yeah, I'll probably make it the cover on Tumblr. Okay, so let's go over the fucking call with John. Piece of shit, motherfucker. (sighs) Sam answers the phone, and it's dad. And we see his ugly turf bangs, because he's (laughs) at a phone booth. I hate him. So John calls him, he's like, hey, how are you guys? Anyway, don't fucking find me. And Sam's like, you found the thing that killed mom? And John's like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a demon. Um, sorry about your girlfriend uh, that I never met because I didn't fucking bother to meet her or talk to you in all those years. Whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm not mad. Uh, I would have done anything to protect you from that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, he's wasted his life looking for this demon that killed his wife. But then he's like, Sam, don't fucking look for the thing don't no it's fine don't worry about it it's like you raised them you gave them orders you made their entire lives about revenging their mother Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah but sam don't don't do that don't don't do that that's stupid i don't want you to do that you're dumb you're dumb for wanting to do that it's like yeah he's just like don't come find me and he's like take down these names like what no 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 you're gonna tell me some more information where are you what no i give you an order it's like what the fuck bitch yeah this is the first time sam has heard from him has heard his father's voice in years at this point and the first thing he does is like sam shut up and listen to me essentially yeah. Like, ugh, fuck off. I hate him so much. And then much. when, like, Dean ends up taking the phone from him, like, I just hate how, like, oh, rigid and me. stiff and yes, sir. Oh, God. It's so gross. It just, it, like, makes me feel icky inside. Like, oh, my God. Watching, watching him go from yeah. so, like, free and fun to yes, sir. What the fuck? I don't, I don't ever want to hear Dean say sir ever. Like, it's, so, it's, it's right. too respectful. Dean's not a respectful person. Yeah. <laughs> John hangs up and they're just like sitting there just like they're like faces are just like trying to hold in like fucking kudos to acting of both of them just like they're like clearly just trying to be emotionless about it and it's not working at all it's oh my god it's like they're sitting there like lost like because they're both feeling so much but they don't know what to settle on like, they have a Pavlovian response that they need to be emotionless. They mm-hmm. need to take the order. Mm-hmm. Even Sam is a little bit like, I kind of need to accept this. But Sam also is smarter now and can hold his own. So, yeah. So, like, a little bit later, Dean is insistent. Like, we're going to go to this town. We're going to solve this problems. And Sam is like, no, absolutely not. We are finding our dad. His area code was a place in Sacramento, California. Holy shit, Sam, you were so smart. And Sam is like, we're going to fucking 
find him. We know where he is. We can find him. We are smart people. And Dean's like, we have an order, though. And that's final. And they split up for the first time. <laughs> the first time of very, very, very many times in Supernatural. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah, this episode is already, like, a fucking whirlwind from the fucking... Oh, God, this is such a good episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Sam is just like, it'll take one week to catch up. We'll get him, and it's fine. And Sam kind of like, oh, Sam kind of pulls a heavy punch, and he's like, Dean, you've lived with the death of mom for 20 years. Jess died six months ago, and I'm not fucking over it. And it's like, oh, you're so right, but also, oh, man, Dean is still traumatized as fuck. It's complicated. It's also like... Sam dealt with the fallout, but he never dealt with the actual loss of their mom. He was six months old at the time. So all he's known is the pain in the emptiness of where she was. And then suddenly his girlfriend dies. And in six months, you know, Mm -hmm. it's only been six months for him. It's like, no, I finally like this thing has hurt me yet again. Like it took something from me. I never knew. And dad expects me to just lay down and do nothing about it. He wants me to just go off somewhere else because he said so. He's not giving us any other information. He's just saying, oh, here's some names. Like the fuck does he think he is? Honestly, I can't blame Sam too much for this. Like Dean needed to hear that shit. Like, yeah, it hurt. But like someone needed to kind of, Try to shake Dean awake, but, like, Sam's never going to be successful with that entirely. And it's like, they're just getting mad at each other when mm-hmm. they should be fucking angry at their dad. <laughs> yeah, fucking unionize against your father already. Please, I'm begging. <laughs> I am really happy that, like, later, like, Dean seems to realize what sam's doing and he like after he he figures it out he's like yeah uh i'm proud of you i'm proud of you for going like and it's weird because it's like dean is also admitting i'm not going to come i can't this isn't something i'm capable of i like he pretty much says i wish i was able to stand up to dad like you were i've never done that before kind of thing he's just gonna sit around and start and keep taking his father's orders while sam is actually trying to track dad down. And I just, I think that's, oof. Like, it's like he knows he's proud of Sam and he he wants to do what Sam's doing, but he can't. I'm like, damn. Oh, it was actually so nice that like at the end of the episode, they reunite and Dean is like, he literally says like, I'm so proud of you, Sam. Yeah. And I wish I could be more like you. And they get some bad codependency issues later on, but this is such a good healthy moment for both of them yeah i kind of hate how the series really like um it takes their brotherly love and twists it into something very codependent and then like romanticizes the shit out of that like it's one thing like in episode 12 wanting to do anything you can to save your brother you love your brother yeah Mm. you want to do anything try anything exhaust all options even when he's given up hope because you have hope and you don't want to lose him. It's another thing when they just can't function without the other one. Yeah. I really wish they just had... At, I mean, there's 15 seasons. We should have had one season. Season 8 should have been the season where they're just completely apart from each other for the 
until the finale. Really cool. It would have been really cool if they both, if they had one, like one season that was just the two of them on two completely different journeys to try to solve the same problem. Or they maybe they even have their own different problem that they're working yeah. on. But like, that would have been so neat. And it would have been something that really would have like, really would have shaken the status quo of Supernatural. Yeah. Everybody would have liked it. Everybody would have loved it. Hell, even the Wincess people probably would have been like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the mind of a Wincess person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and like, I I, I was actually kind of upset with Dean during this conversation. Like, I know why yeah. he said it, but it's like, he's being selfish you see how fucking brainwashed Dean is that he thinks exactly. having a mind of your own, at least when it comes to their dad is selfish. Like, Oh God, I get pissed I when Dean gets like this. It's like, damn dude, he's really got his hooks in you that deep. I know. Right. Just- it's like, you realize your father is the one that's being selfish right now. Not Sam. Yeah. Like he's the one who's not taking you, the two of you into account. He thinks he is, but it's really just what he wants. Yeah. This is such a good episode for both of them. But, um, that was, that was just the, um, the fight. And then we are going to move on. Um, I think probably the next (laughs) best thing to talk about is like the actual, like story of the town. Cause like they come in and basically everyone is super unfriendly to Dean. Like they do not want him here. And which is really, really weird because like you had that like cut scene at the beginning of the episode that showed this lovely couple and they were so happy. They're like, oh my goodness, this place is perfect. And they got sacrificed. But like, so Dean walks up to like this one dude and like, he's obviously the owner of this, I don't know, gas station or something. And the Mm. guy is just basically giving like huge fuck off vibes. And Dean is still trying to be like charming and talk to him. And it's like, he's, he's definitely feeling the, Oh, they want me out of here. Yeah. They can tell I'm a hunter. Essentially. Honestly, even if they can't tell he's a hunter, they don't want him there when the other, when the sacrifices disappear, you know? And that's when, um, he also kind of notices the, uh, the, the car that's broken down. It's like, Oh, Okay. Eventually, I think he's, like, rooting around and he can't really find much, so he decides to leave or he gets in, like, a scuffle with the sheriff or something. And they they basically tell him to get out of Dodge, get the hell out of Dodge, you know? His EMF meter starts really going off when he's patching one, passing one Which of the I orchards. Which I was so cute that his homemade EMF <laughs> meter, like, warns him. I just thought that was really cute. It's, like, a the closest they have to, like, a dog being like, oh, we need to get out of here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just, I, I like how it's like he forgot that he had it on, and it's like, oh, wait a second. And so he finds the uh, the scarecrow, and that's what really kind of leads him to his conclusions that it's probably a, a pagan god because of the time frame which it happens right at the end of um, winter, the beginning of spring. Um, the fact that it's always a, a man and a woman. Uh, and there was some third thing, and it was just like, oh, shit, look at him. He knows his yeah. stuff. There was, like, probably the first scene where we see Dean by himself, and he's just kind of, like, talking to himself, and he, like, goes over to the scarecrow, and he's like, you're one ugly motherfucker, and he takes a ladder, and he, like, looks at its arm, it's like, oh, wait, I know what's, I know exactly what's happening. It's just very cool that, you know, Sam is supposed to be the main character, but we get to see Dean by himself, and Dean could carry a scene by himself. Yeah. Even at this point, Jensen can fucking pull Dean off. 
while all this is going on, it was cutting like back to uh, Sam and it starts off when he's like just walking down the road and he runs into uh, Meg. Yeah, classic While Meg. she's sitting on the highway. And just like, the whole time I was like, why? Like, it's like you're playing a video game and you get different like dialogue options. Oh my God. And you know how sometimes you're like, why the fuck is that option there? It seemed like all of the things that Sam was saying, I was like, that's not what I would be saying in this situation, bro. He wasn't necessarily being weird, but he was saying things that I was like, why are you saying that when you could obviously, like, I don't know, I don't know. Why are you doing this, Sam? Yeah, like, Meg gets into a van, and Sam's like, you trust a shady guy with a van and not me? And Meg's like, uh, yeah, bye. And it's like, Sam... What you just said was just as shady as, like, being with a guy in a van. On God. (laughs) Sam, that's not what you fucking say to someone. That's not what you do. You say, like, here's my phone number. Call me when you get there so I know that you're safe. He was just giving me, like, oh, can I have a hug? Energy. Just, ugh. Yeah. Like, honestly, I know the vibe was supposed to be, like, he was riffing her off of something they said earlier about um not but it's like that's not the appropriate thing to say to a stranger especially a petite woman who's hitchhiking this is literally literally the 2005 version of respecting women which is insanity oh my gosh truly treated women like they were entirely different species it is so insane like i remember watching mtv in like middle school and being like i'm cool i'm hip and it's just like holy shit the self-dehumanization and watching mtv as a woman oh my god god (laughs) honestly oh it's horrifying Anyway, so yeah, Dean gets busted, and so he saves, like, the other couple, and I guess, uh, I mean, listen, I don't always follow the plot, I'm ju- I just, I see Dean, and it's all I see. So Dean gets thrown in a basement, and so they throw in the girl who is not indoctrinated into this cult, they throw her into the basement and be like, ah, you two are a couple now, and we're gonna sacrifice you, uh, anyway, and this fucking, I love this bitch so fucking much. Like, the other episode, the writers were like, oh, we're gonna make an episode where the girl isn't scared, and she's gonna be a badass, and it's, like, so clearly, like, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing, but this fucking bitch is sacrificed by her own cult, by her own family, and (laughs) she just isn't fucking, she's scared, of course, but she just isn't fucking having it. So they're fucking tied up to the trees, don't know what to do, Scarecrow's on the prowl, Sam saves them both. And they kill the uh, scarecrow. So to destroy the cults and all the bullshit, they have to burn this tree and they like set a branch on fire and they're about to burn it. The girl's like, no, let me. And they're like, are you sure? It's going to destroy the town. She's like, good. And it's like, oh my God, this bitch rules. And the thing is earlier um, when Dean was trying to do his reconnaissance, she was the only person who was nice and friendly to him. Like, yeah. And she was just going on about how much she loved the town, how it's perfect and picturesque. And she's like, yeah, I've been here. I've lived with my aunt and my uncle since I was 13 because I think she said she was like orphaned or something. And she's just like, I mean, it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it's the boonies, but I love it. She, she just, she genuinely loved the town and it's pretty much all she's known from a kind of pretty young age. And then she's faced with the fact that 
there are these horrible things going on to keep it so like wonderful and picturesque and then she is victimized by it like they yeah her own aunt and uncle try to kill her you could really see the anger in this girl i don't remember her fucking name like she was ready to burn it to the ground literally and so she would have made a great fucking hunter literally like since i first watched that episode like the very first time i've always just been like this girl should have been a hunter on god i am so furious all the time that Mm -hmm. sam and dean just put her on a bus to boston and that's the end of her story this bitch would have been a perfect hunter like the the girl from Mm -hmm. the other episode i'm glad that they did slightly canonize it like yeah okay cool yes she would also make a good hunter this girl though oh my god she had a reason it wasn't just she stumbled onto something supernatural and got like a hankering. Like she would be out for something with a vengeance. Like her own yeah. family tried to kill her because these people thought that making sacrifices to this god was the was the right thing to do. And like I don't know, I feel like she has a stronger motivation. Yeah, like the girl from Asylum is a good side character, but this girl. She could lead her own series. Yeah. I would love to see her growth as a hunter. That would have been so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And so that all happens. And then we see Meg. She fucking slits some dude's throat. Yeah. And uses it in her blood goblet. <laughs> and contacts the yellow-eyed demon, I believe. And that's the episode, end of the episode. Oh, oh, one last thing I yeah, wanted yeah. to say. Yeah, while yeah, they yeah. While they were leaving, like... After Sam um, busted them out, before they got, like, caught by the townsfolk, Dean was like, come on, we gotta shag ass. I'm like, what? We gotta do what now? Do people say that? Like, (laughs) hello? (laughs) This is Midwestern America in 2005. People, hello? (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't fucking handle this. Also, like, the scene with Meg at the end, like, I know you're probably gonna disagree with me here. Because I saw your notes about the music choices in the second episode, in the twelfth episode, and I also disagreed yeah. with those. But it's just, oh god, the the music mm. and the scene with Meg is bad. No, the music is terrible in the next Netflix version. It takes away from the scene. It's too overpowering. Yeah, like the theme song for this playlist for this podcast is a royalty free song, and it was like. It feels very supernatural, and that's mm-hmm. because I mostly watch Supernatural on Netflix, so I didn't get, like, the full good music experience. <laughs> I, I wonder why they changed the music. I think Netflix just doesn't have... I mean, Netflix has money. I don't know why they wouldn't just pay to have, like, the good version. I don't understand how shows work, but if they already made the show... Shouldn't the show have like been like, okay, we're going to pay to do this. But then I guess yeah, it would be the network that. that does that. And then if it changes the network, they might have to change the song too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Either. But like what, I, what was the original song that was playing then? Cause like this song fucking sucked. It probably says on Wikipedia. You can probably check, but I, I only take note of like the big songs. Also, I, I also really didn't like because there was a scene in the next episode that was like really big and dramatic. Like the music just felt out of place. It felt like watching a bad AMV. Remember in the finale? <laughs> yeah, it felt like the fucking finale. <laughs> That's what it fucking felt like. Oh my god! 
It was so bad. It sucked. <laughs> it sucked ass. Because, like, this whole show is based around classical rock music, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yet we can't listen to the classic rock unless you're, like, watching it on TV. It's so buck wild. Yeah. Anyway, trivia. This is the first appearance of Meg, obviously, in the series, played by uh, Nikki Acox. Uh, this is also the first appearance of a deity and the Goblet of Blood. And I'm going to do an episode, and it's going to be like five hours long. I'm going to do an episode about MacGuffins, you know, items that... There was a really funny post on Tumblr that was just like, Supernatural is just 15 years of like, we're going to need a bigger gun. And that's literally That's it. it. <laughs> they keep upping the stakes, so they have to like... It's like, okay, we have to find something that'll kill this thing because the whole show is about killing stuff. But then the next season, something is bigger and badder. So the weapon that they just got to kill something won't work anymore. So they have to find another spell or another weapon or do another. That's all it is. Yeah. They just keep trying to want. It's like the world is ending. Well, where do you go from there? Well, double world ending. Uh, Turbo hell. That's how we get turbo hell. Oh, my God. Okay. Trivia. Um, This episode marks the first mention of Dean's love for pie. Do you think the fans, when the fandom was first starting for Supernatural, do you think they latched onto that, like, this early? Or when do you, yeah, I wonder what, how, it might not when have, it because started. It, I mean, it was not, like, really drilled in. He didn't, yeah. like, say, like, oh, I love pie or anything. He just, like, kind of mentioned it offhand. I don't think that would be enough. Because, like, for example... In the Teen Wolf fandom, people really latched on to Styles loving bread because they all made a whole joke out of it, you know? Oh my god. People just blew that out of proportion. This wasn't yeah. even, like, it was just a line of, line of dialogue. I feel like at this point, the Supernatural fandom of that time would have latched onto the Winchesters really love coffee because they literally <laughs> always have a coffee cup in their Probably. Probably. <laughs> Uh, William B. Davis, who plays the local professor Dean confers with, is best known for portraying the smoking man antagonist on the cult sci-fi show The X-Files. I saw that and I lost my shit. I was like, what? They got the smoking man? (laughs) Okay, okay, but I do hold Dean would have a huge crush on Mulder. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Dean has a crush on both of them, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, he he knows that he has a crush on Scully. He's very confused at first about what's going on with Mulder. He has, like, a weird fixation on Mulder <laughs> and doesn't realize it's a crush. It's just like, I just want to see Mulder and Scully make out so bad. And he doesn't realize <laughs> like, oh wait, I just want to make out with both of them. That's why. <laughs> um, this episode is supposed to take place in Burkittsville, Indiana. The horror movie, The Blair Witch Project, is supposed to have taken place in Burkittsville, Maryland. One of the creators of that movie, mm-hmm. Eduardo Sanchez, would later direct five Supernatural episodes. Okay, last piece of trivia before we go to Faith. Uh, this is the first episode that John Winchester actively interacts with his fucking sons, even though Sam and Dean won't physically see him until the future episodes. Ah, I hate him. Anyway, Faith, <laughs> episode 12. Speaking of John Winchester not physically interacting with his sons, episode 12, Faith, January 17th, 2006, written by Sarah Gamble and Riel Tucker. Uh, directed by Alan Croker. While chasing a demon, rescuing two children, Dean is accidentally electrocuted, having a severe infarctment. He has a heart attack. The doctor diagnoses a maximum of one month on his life, and Sam searches for a doctor, calling the friends of their father. He is advised to visit the healer, Reverend Roy Lagrange, 
Dean is saved, but soon the brothers realize that the Reverend's wife, Sue, is using black magic to call a reaper, exchanging the healing of their clients with the life of another person. And my notes for this is in giant, massive, absolutely huge capital letters, Hoodie Dean! And one, two, three, four, five, six, six exclamation points. We love a comfy boy! (laughs) Oh, he's in layers! Oh, he's all bundled up! Oh, it's so cute! Big sipping from me today, who boy? That is one of your (laughs) bullet points. (laughs) Like, if you're not a Dean girl at this point, like, I don't know what will turn you after this episode. He looks, oh my god, he looks like he's dying, which, like, I couldn't, I couldn't find him cute because I just, I was just like, oh my god, he's gonna fucking die. Maybe I just have a disorder where I see Dean <laughs> looking <laughs> like he's dying, and I'm like, I need to save him. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I do think the hoodie's very cute. It took me off guard. Like, I was like sitting there waiting for the hoodie to pop up, and it's like a good like <laughs> five, ten minutes in because it starts like in media res. Yeah. Like they are go, they are on a hunt. Yeah. Okay. Let's fucking talk about this hunt they are on because it sure seems familiar oh boy oh yeah that's like yeah. the last episode oh my god they're you were even hidden in like a closet too shit i know so sam and dean they're on a hunt they're fighting this thing called a raw head they never see one again <laughs> this monster kidnaps some children blot them to an undisclosed location the brothers break in Yada yada, Sam gets the boys out, the gets the kids out, mm-hmm. and Dean fatally wounds himself trying to stop this monster. And Sam is left being like, no, Dean, oh no! And this is literally the f- final episode of Supernatural. Do you think they did that on purpose? To kind of like his first death and his last death are the same? Well, that's a, if they did that on purpose, that's a bad fucking decision to have <laughs> Dean literally die in a similar way, literally, oh my god, like, just the parallels are, I'm going insane. I can't believe that there is so little difference between an episode 12 of the entire series and the 372nd episode of Supernatural. What the fuck? Oh, I'm so mad about it. Literally, Dean could have just died in this episode and there would be no difference from the finale besides they go to a pie festival. Like, (laughs) I'm so mad about it. And both of them were like, he wasn't killed by the monster in either of them. He was killed by the the nail that he fell on. Yeah, by the environment. Yeah, and the other one was, he got tased and his foot was in a puddle. Like, yeah, exactly. The environment, it kind of just adds a whole level of absurdity to it it's just like yeah yeah, i guess it was technically heroic like this one is a little bit more so because it it wasn't even on the hunt it would have been like he got a heart attack and then he has a month to live like so there's no blaze of glory there you know yeah that's the thing (laughs) that's probably why i like this episode so much is that like dean is just so accepting that he's gonna die he is so defeated he's just like sam just go on it's fine, don't worry about it. I'm just gonna die and it's all right. And that's literally the finale. That's the part that like kills me is like one of the first things he says to Sam when he comes into the hospital room is, Okay, well you gotta you gotta go ditch me. Like, yeah. excuse me? Like excuse me, bitch? Who do you think you are? I'm not leaving you here to die. I'm not like leaving you like like you know how 
older animals when they know they're gonna die they go off somewhere yeah. to like hide mm-hmm. and like lick their wounds as they as they die like yeah. that's that's what dean was doing he was just like you yeah. go off without me and i'll go oh find God. a hole somewhere over here to die like what oh my heart is breaking my heart is fucking breaking I'm just so mad. Like, I love this episode. I'm going to say up front, this episode is amazing. It's so interesting to watch after, you know, everything in Supernatural. But, like, point number one, this. It's so like the finale, and it's so depressing to think about. <laughs> yeah, and Dean is just, like, just fine with fucking dying. And Sam is still like, you're not dying. I'm not letting you die. Absolutely not. Truly, when Sam is, like, down to the wire, he will do fucking anything. He will just go to the ends of the earth, and he will be, like, furious the whole time. He's not even, like, sad. He's just furious that this is happening. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm oh sorry, God, this this it. episode, it, it, it's very good. It's it's also, it's very emotional. So I'm just, yeah. like, I'm just wavering between being very sad and very angry. I know. Um, Meg said, while we were watching this, uh, Faye said, they're both so much more emotionally mature in this batch of episodes than they are later on, which is... Yeah. That's the thing, is that you think by the fucking finale, 372 episodes later, they would be more emotionally true. You would think that Dean would have a will to live, but he fucking doesn't. Yeah. Oh my god, nothing has changed. Nothing Honestly, has changed. the first the first season, what I've seen of it so far, they are so much more emotionally mature. Both yeah. of them. Even the openly grieving, openly resentful Sam. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it's because of everything that happens in the series, they get more and more fucked up. So they get less emotionally, I guess, what you would call mature because they get more yeah. traumatized. Yeah. But it's also like, jam. I feel like Dean just like kind of never loses his suicidal de- like tendencies. Oh, even definitely Even towards not. the end. It's, it's so fucking sad. Dean never gets his will to live. And that's like, even when Sam was dead and like he, he lived with like Lisa for that year or so. Yeah. Like, he was still like clearly yeah he was trying to be better but he was going through the motions like yeah he wanted to be out there hunting but he felt that he owed it to sam to to try to live a normal life but his heart was never in it fully he did love lisa and ben i there's no doubt in my mind about that but the reason why the hunting life called so so much to him the whole time was because he was still suicidal and okay sorry (sighs) that's just my hot take (laughs) I'm gonna get into Destel territory because that's why Dean and Cass are such a good relationship because Cass is always like, you deserve to live. Don't give me any bullshit. I'm not gonna listen. You deserve to be alive because Mm -hmm. I want you around and I love you and everybody wants you around and you deserve to... Because, like, Cass so actively... Like, one of the first things Cass You don't believe you deserve to be saved. Exactly. Which is exactly what Dean needs to fucking hear. Especially in this episode where Dean has so much guilt about being uh, saved and, like, having this man trade his life for his without, like, that man's consent. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, exactly. It's just the line that, like, fucking kills me is the mother who is just like... Why did you deserve to live more than my daughter? Exactly. You can tell Dean was already thinking that. So when she said that, his fucking face. Holy shit. I know, right? God, that, it was tearing him up. And oh my god, it just it kills me. 
Yeah. Oh my god, such a fucking good It was episode. such a good episode. Like she yeah. um the the pastor's wife, um Reverend's wife, whatever. She was using like a spell to uh like get gain control of a reaper. Yeah. So she would just pick a target and be like kill them instead. And so she was just picking random people, I guess, that she thought were immoral, but I don't know how she found them is the thing. Because the thing that didn't make sense to me is, like, it starts off, Sam and Dean go, um, and Dean is like, this is a faith healer? Really? I don't want to do this. Like, I thought that you were going to take me to a doctor. Basically, they they get into the tent. Like, it's like, oh my god, it was, this is peak, the mud, the tent, everything is set up, like. Like, I made fun of the set design in that asylum, but. We have all been to this place. We have all seen this place. It's the most American-looking place in the world. Just yeah, the mud. It's so the tent, immersive. All of like it. the fact that this was obviously after it had rained. So everyone, there's these people in wheelchairs and walkers and trudging through the mud of this not really parking lot. Like it, half of it's just like worn down grass. Half yeah. of it's just bare earth. And then there's this huge white circus tent that he's doing his um, sermons out of. Like, damn, like that was pretty close to my own regular church experience, except for we never actually had to resort to actual tents. Basically, we're like building a church inside of a movie theater every Sunday morning and then tearing it down again. Yeah. (laughs) It's very like we've done events almost exactly like this where it's like oh shit it rained it rained and like oh god it just it's very american very americana <laughs> yeah just we've all been to this place no matter who you are it's insane like a like a little city fair like you know this feeling this is super americana and i wish they did more like obviously americana because like honestly the first two seasons were pretty americana i'm saying that word so much it's losing meaning but <laughs> this it just i'm sorry i'm just i can't get over the mud it's it's perfect no okay here's the thing about the mud um i didn't include this in the trivia but apparently while they were shooting this it was raining so much that they had to get the cars towed because they couldn't get them out of the mud <laughs> that's incredible uh oh my i have so much to say about this episode it's so (laughs) good it's like god i am so mean to supernatural all the time but when supernatural is good it's fucking good yeah every aspect of this episode the set design the costuming (laughs) the extras were bringing their Mm -hmm. fucking a game one of the extras was uh actually you might recognize her she the Layla was Darla from Buffy. Oh my god. Who's what? like in the first episode. Yeah, she's that vampire. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Darla. Oh my god. I that's... know, right? Yeah, so yada yada yada. This preacher is saving people, but he takes other people's lives in their stead because his wife is doing that. And there's a sequence that is so good. And it's such a shame that Netflix kind of butchered it with a shitty music choice because originally the brothers are figuring out oh my god this preacher is taking the lives of other people to save other lives and like Mm -hmm. don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult plays and (gasps) you can find it on youtube it's like if you search don't fear the reaper uh supernatural that's a much better song choice it's perfect i feel like it wouldn't have like overpowered the scene because it just Whatever song they had on the Netflix version just felt so clunky. It was very 2005. It always felt out of place. And now I know why. Because they were using, like, 2005, like, 
alternative rock when they shouldn't have been. Okay. I know. Yeah, so we're, yeah, because Supernatural uses so much classical rock. Like, most of the titles are the classic rock mm-hmm. lyrics and yada yada. And it's just so weird to watch it without having that actual music, just having ripoffs of it. It kind of sucks. You don't get the full Supernatural experience anymore, really. Unless you, you know, you pirate it. <laughs> like a cool person. <laughs> oh my god. Uh... The extras in Supernatural, they're usually very one-note. Layla and her mom kind of are, but also they're fucking doing such a good job because the brothers have to choose whether to let this keep happening or letting Layla, who has a brain tumor, live and they decide that they have to save other people first and not, like, have someone sacrifice to her. So the episode ends with them kind of just being like, well... We did it. And Layla talks to Dean about, it's okay, I'm all right with dying, but her mother just, she's so mad. She will never forgive Dean for surviving, even though Dean is going to go on to save the world. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Like, you don't really, it's just like one of the only Supernatural episodes you don't really know who to root for. You Like, you kind of don't want the brothers to win, but. Yeah, because you want Layla to live, but. But you also know it's wrong. <laughs> For someone else to die in her stead, yeah. Yeah. And towards the end, the brothers drive off, and their reaction is kind of like a perfect, kind of perfectly represents their different personalities and, like, who they are, because Sam is just kind of satisfied that Dean is alive, that is kind of all that matters, they did the job, it's done, let's move on, and Dean is going to, you can tell he's going to carry that guilt for the rest of his life. Even if he doesn't remember it in later episodes, it's still, it's still there, essentially. Oh, God. Yeah. These poor boys. I'm so upset about it. (laughs) It is such a hard-hitting episode. I I really, I really did like it. I just, the whole time, I was just like, Layla is so nice and sweet. Fuck. Though, if I were her, I would not have come to this weird, shady motel at the edge of town (laughs) to talk to the dude who is rude about the faith healer that I was trying to see and got healed. I also love how, like, the instant Dean is attached to you, he's ride or die. No matter what what kind of attachment that is. Yeah, like, I kind of came to a realization that, like, Dean is a womanizer, but, like... He's not going to give a shit if he's friend zones. If you care about him and if he cares about you, like he's he's just there. He doesn't care about the label at that point. He just wants to be there for you and be mm-hmm. with you. And that's all that matters, which is that's why the gays love him. Yeah, it, honestly, <laughs> it's like, yes, he will find a single willing woman at a bar. They will hook up and they will both have fun. They will part ways. But like the instant he starts caring about you, he's A, right and die. B, literally does not give a shit like what what you want in return it's just like no if you just want to be my friend that's fine they'll probably hurt him but he'll be fine with that yeah i bet you anything there's like a line in the later seasons where he's like oh friend zone i hate being friends like dean does not give a shit Uh, listen i'm gonna be real dean has not felt that strongly about enough people to have ever experienced being friend zoned i believe like dean has never been friend zoned not necessarily because all the women want to fuck him but because it's either he's hitting on a woman he doesn't know and she's like "Mm, no i'm not feeling it and he moves on (laughs) or you know yeah (laughs) 
I don't. I have a very hard time believing he has been friend zoned. Yeah. Like, he, how many people have you known long enough to be friend zoned by? He was yeah, probably true. convinced he was friend zoned by Cass for a while, <laughs> but that yeah. wasn't a the reality. And B, he was too busy brother zoning Cass. Yeah. <laughs> he friend zones everybody else. He, yeah, much. he's the friend zoner. True. Oh my god. Friend zone is also fake, but. I know, but <laughs> yeah. God. Just everybody is in unrequited love with him, essentially. It's so funny. And the only, I just, I guess canonically everyone's in um, unrequited love with him. But like, let's be real. It's, it's not exactly unrequited with fucking Cass. Let's be real. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. I will I, never. I just, I, ca- I cannot look at everything in this text and believe that it is unrequited on that side. I refuse. I refuse. I am too tired. Anyway, <laughs> I really want to get to a trivia because, oh, my God, this cracked me up. So trivia. Dean says in this episode, you can't kill death. But later at the end of season 10, Dean does, in fact, kill death. <laughs> All he does is he grabs the scythe and just, that's it. That's all it took. That's the fucking thing. So another piece of trivia, Eric Kripke cites Faith as his favorite episode of Supernatural. And also he didn't have anything to do with it. Like, stay humble, King. And he says, (laughs) "Um, it's when I first realized what the show is capable of. Here's an episode about, is there a God? What's meant to be? And is there free will? And is your life worth the cost of someone else's life? It's a metaphysical and moral study mm-hmm. of the boys' universe. There's so many different places the show can go and so many tones. It's been really fun to do. And the funny thing is, it's just like, mm-hmm. that's totally valid. That's what makes this episode so good. But the fucking thing is, this show has gone for 15 seasons. So let's go through his list of questions. Is there a god? Yes. Can you kill death? Yes. Yes. Our fucking son is God now. We dethroned God. Is there free will? Uh, there wasn't, but now there is because we made free will available to everybody <laughs> at the end of the show. Like, this is such a good episode and it's kind of ruined <laughs> by the rest of the series because this episode is like, we want to ask questions that can't be answered. And the rest of the series is like, no, nah, let's just answer them. We're going <laughs> to do it in like the stupidest way possible. We're going to answer them. It's insane. It's also because they kept ramping things up. They had to eventually answer these questions because they spent so long with the absent God that they came to a point where, oh shit, we need to actually bring God into this or there's nowhere else to go. Because that was the only thing that up until this point had been outside of their reach. So they brought in God's sister, season 11. God. And then- ended up bringing in god but like he wasn't much of a player mm-hmm. until like the very end and then i i guess in season 15 is when they brought in god as a like true antagonist and it was just like what yeah. the hell what the fuck truly dragon ball disease like truly <laughs> just anime disease like i joked in the group chat that like supernatural took 15 seasons in what most every anime does in 14 episodes, which is dethrone God and become God. Oh God. Every fucking anime eventually deals with God. Supernatural Supernatural is an anime, is all I'm saying. It's a live-action anime, if you really think about it. We still need to track down and watch the anime together. Oh yeah, no, I got it. We're gonna get there. 
<laughs> also, um, what is with this really creepy poem you have in the notes? What the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is, as far as I could tell, the only appearance of this monster called a rawhide. Rawhead? Rawhead. Um, from Northern England. Northern England. Um, it's a water demon that inhabits deep ponds and marl pits, whatever the fuck that is, and drags children into its lair. The name is often shortened to Bloody Bones, Old Bloody Bones, or Tommy Rawhead. The following rhyme originated in Yorkshire Lancaster. Uh, Rawhide and Bloody Bones steal naughty children from their homes, takes them to their dir- his dirty den, and they are never seen again. I just thought that was interesting. That's fun. Sounds a little bit like a Kelpie. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a weird-ass monster. I'm surprised they didn't bring it back and, like, actually deal with it at some point. Yeah, I mean, they have the prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> um, Erica Carroll plays a receptionist that the hospital dean is admitted to. She later comes back to play as the angel Hannah in a later season. I liked Hannah! Yeah! I can't wait to get to her. And this one, I got a little opinionated about this trivia. Uh, this episode marks the first appearance of a Reaper, and I noticed that, um, male Reapers are old and have very distinct faces. Like, they look very skeletal. You're not gonna miss them in a crowd, essentially. Mm-hmm. But then female Reapers are fucking just, like, young and pretty. They look like fucking college people. Yeah, they just look like people they just look like beautiful women um i don't think i've seen another male reaper because this is the first appearance maybe they they didn't realize that um that they wanted to make him look more human because they've we've seen death and he's just he's he looks like a regular guy but he looks like a really really old guy and they they obviously gave him some makeup they didn't do the whole prosthesis thing yeah but they still cast him because he like looks very he has a very distinct spooky face like i love him but his face is very spooky but like that's why he's an actor but yeah but it's just like the female reapers are just like some pretty ass lady it's like yo give me some fucking jacked up old ladies on god i want some fucking weirdo looking like and i want grandma coming after us as a reaper that would be so fucking badass i'm kind of mad that they have like a double standard (laughs) with death like gender in death? Excuse me? It's bullshit. Listen, it's bullshit. Billy should have been an old, old lady. Yeah. Like, just hire old women, Supernatural. I know you're allergic to them, but please, it's a <laughs> it's a reaper. Come on. That's so cool. Especially, like, like, you use women to represent life all the time. Why don't have an old woman represent death? Come on. That's the sickest shit when an old woman represents death. I love that. Come on. Supernatural anyway be better fucking show so so do you have an au of the week all right this has been like living in my mind rent free for the past like month and a half now i like to think that when castiel was kicked out of the bunker i think it was season nine Cass is a human and Dean kicked him out, which was super out of character, but whatever. He gets like a job at a gas and sips. That's their like, um, their like go to 7 Eleven kind of. He was like super proud of himself, but like he, he thought he was blending in better than <clears throat> he was. But I personally believe in my, in my AU, he gets adopted by a bunch of like sorority girls who all have, you know, part time jobs. One or more of them probably works at the gas and zip. And 
they're just like, oh, he's going through a really bad breakup right now. Like, because when they try to ask him about his past, he's like vague because he can't be completely honest, but he's not straight up lying about everything. And so, anyways, all I'm saying is he now does have a hot girl breakup song playlist that was created for and curated by all these like sorority girls and that's that is what i choose to believe this is like this is my canon now he has he has several friends and they're all like young party girls and they all adore him and they're just like he's not worth it he's not worth it steve i think that's what his name was when he um (laughs) he had to like create a new identity like i love to think that dean rolls up to the gas zipper and like he like comes up he's like talking to Cass, and Cass is obviously upset like he's like he was not expecting to see dean and like i would love if one of his like well, girlfriends, like, was, like, across the store, like, oh, that bastard. Okay, his ex is hot. I see it. But how dare he? <laughs> she's, like, motioning, like, you want me to stab him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. She She's in the background. And she's like, oh, no, he thinks he can come crawling back. <laughs> and they're like, don't believe it. Whatever he's saying, remember, you can't get over him if you're under him. New rules. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just very, very obsessed with that idea because I think it's wonderful. Also, in canon, Cass does choose all of these uh, women pop artists for his like code names. And personally, I like to think it's because, oh, well, Dean picks out a lot of pop culture references, a lot of musician references of musicians he likes. Personally, my headcanon is Cass is like, okay, well, these are the musicians I like. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, I have an entire breakup playlist for Steve. Basically what you expect, a little bit of Beyonce, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A lot of Beyonce. There's at least three different Lemonade songs on that playlist, and I had to like yeah. pull back. And then there's a couple of songs that aren't Lemonade, but are still Beyonce. But a lot of it is like hot girl shit, like either I'm out here partying or fuck you kind of songs. Anyways, I think Cass enjoys those. And he probably has like a Spotify or something where he keeps playlists on because he's not like Dean and he doesn't have like fucking cassette tapes. He's not a, he is a dinosaur, but he's not a dinosaur. You know what I mean? So he probably still has the playlist and like he and Sam are just doing some research and they're like, okay, Dean's not with us. We can play whatever fucking music we want. And so (laughs) Cass's breakup song playlist comes on and Sam's just like, uh, okay. He's like, I'm not saying yeah, anything. fucking blast. Like, who the fuck do you think <laughs> are you? I would just love this. Like, Sam, it can yeah. go one of two ways. Sam is just like, okay, I guess this is what he listens to. Or B, holy shit, is he okay? <laughs> oh, fuck, Dean, what'd you do? Shit, oh no. What did you do? <laughs> just, is he okay? These are a lot of sad, oh, wait, nope, it's not sad anymore. These are angry songs. Meanwhile, Cass is just, <laughs> no no response you can like you can tell he's liking the music but it's like he's not actively angry (laughs) sam's just like should i be worried is dean about to get murdered and and like (laughs) of course if Cass started blasting angry breakup songs i fully believe sam would be like what the fuck did you do dean i know i know you deserved it what did you do dean's like what are you talking about I just love the idea of Cass just, like, taking care of these girls who are just, yes. like, here emotionally for him. And he's just like, 
alright, you guys are here for me emotionally, I am going to beat the shit out <laughs> yes! of anybody who messes exactly. with you. Exactly, that's, that's the beauty of this AU, because he does need emotional support, because he has not had very many friends, and the friends that he has had have not been very emotionally stable, and he's going through a rough yeah. patch, and they are here for that. Meanwhile, they have him with them, and he is a literal, he was a warrior for millennia, like... He beats the shit out of anyone who looks at them yeah. wrong. So if any dude tries to look at you wrong, touch your drink, flat on his ass, not having it. I know. I just want Cass that drinks with Speck Woman Juice without even realizing it. Just, oh, I would love that. Absolutely. He's been chugging it and he doesn't realize it. I just love the idea. And then, you know what? He is still friends with them. Like he stays in contact. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He goes to Brianna's wedding to uh, like with a dude who's yeah. actually good to her. Yeah, when Cass isn't bleeding out and on the verge of death, he's absolutely like later Winchester's. I gotta go to <laughs> ladies' night. Oh my god, <laughs> they're the ones that taught him emojis. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love that so much. Like, everybody jokes that Cass would send an eggplant emoji, but Dean's the one who doesn't know what that means, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Dean is so out of touch. He's 40. He's 41. And doesn't text anyone but his brother. Anyways, that's all I had to say. (laughs) Mine was basically what we were talking about earlier, where Sam and Dean were pretty much like the perfect age to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I do love the idea of them watching it together. And just, like, noting all the inaccuracies, especially just Buffy just punching the shit out of vampires. To be fair, she is the slayer. Yeah. And apparently makes her not entirely human or gives her superhuman abilities know, or something. just punching a vampire. <laughs> just punching him to death. Good lord. It's so stupid. And yeah, I just love the idea of the brothers, you know, with all their know-how, just watching Buffy. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, we were talking about it earlier, and Cass literally goes to the empty because he sh- he had a moment of happiness, just like Angel did when he had sex with Buffy. Cass confessed his love to Dean and was sent immediately to death. Angel had sex with- At least with- Angel yeah. got laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angel was happy for having sex and turned evil. Somebody made a post that was basically saying, like, Sam learns of this and is just like, kind of like Angel and Buff. Did you guys? And I'm like, that's very, very funny. But also, that is buck fucking wild. That, 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 like, what? I know. Like, they just straight up lifted. I know. Like, I remember, like, in the first 24 hours of seeing the confession, when I, like, didn't, I didn't have supernatural brainworms again yet. That I was like, they literally stole that from Buffy. What the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't believe that they did that. It's also a very romantically coded thing. Yeah. God, the coding. Like, Supernatural truly just stumbles into these queer parallels constantly. Like, what am I supposed to take from all this? <laughs> Truly, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what you want me to think besides the fact that this is queer as shit. Truly, please explain. Please give me your heterosexual explanation. It's insane. The show is insane. Oh my god. This has been hella complicated. I'm Duplus on Tumblr, Duplus27 on Twitter, Duplus everywhere. Bo? You know, I'm unperceivable. Please don't try to perceive me. (laughs) But if you do, please salt and burn me. (laughs) I don't... 
Like, if you perceive me, I'm a ghost. I'm not really there. So you need to, you need to kill me. <laughs> I'm just going to hit you with a tire iron. Please, please do. Uh, you can find us at Hell Ain't Podcast on Twitter, Hell Ain't Complicated on Tumblr and Facebook. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. Listen to the Hell Ain't Complicated Spotify and add to it. I put the number one song as Brother because that is the most fucking supernatural song ever. That is the Winchesters. My God. Brother by Lord Huron. And lastly, Misha Collins, please come on the podcast. And, you know, the vaccine's coming soon. So, like, I would really love it if when we both get the vaccine, you could, like, come to my house and we watch Supernatural. I'm really good at making popcorn. Like, I can make spicy popcorn. I make and make, like, savory popcorn. I know a lot of good popcorn recipes. You should come out and hang out with me and it'll be really fun. And we could talk about, like, the early seasons because I want your fucking opinions about them. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. Do you have your own, like personal artisanal homemade popcorn yeah i do it all the time i got sick of butter and salt so i do fancy i make this popcorn that's like lime juice <laughs> and chili powder and then i put a, oh my you're gonna think this is disgusting but i started putting like a cricket powder on it and that does sound unpleasant i was terrified to use it but it's it literally just looks like any other spice would use. it has like a slightly cheesy taste to it it's very weird i just put a little bit on there just for a little extra protein put a little salt on there the more mix you it know all together. crickets taste like cheese apparently it yeah it's not a bad taste anyway <laughs> carry on my wayward kids dm me if you want me want some popcorn recipes <laughs> god But I had a crush on a girl in uh, when I was in burlesque and we went to a beach and she was like spinning these balls around like in crazy ways. And I was like very drunk and also crushing on her. So I was just like staring at her like, wow, amazing. See, all I can think is Fushigi. Yeah, it was basically that. <laughs> you were you were seduced by her fushigi. Listen, I was very drunk, and I hadn't had a crush. I haven't had a crush in like ten years, so <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the standards are truly through the floor. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love it's you okay. so much, Claire. <laughs> Unfortunately, my crush is gone, unless she calls me. But <laughs> <laughs> listen, we we tried to date, and she bailed on me like five times, and I was like, oh Whoa. shit, you missed you missed your chance. <laughs> girl who's completely out of my league <laughs> you missed it <laughs> i'm out of here baby <laughs> <laughs> well good for you